0: What matters most in learning? The challenge? The thrill? The benefits? Interacting with other people? Or something else entirely? What is the connection between leading and learning? Does change drive learning? Or does learning drive change? What's more important? Teaching or learning? Is everyone a leader? A learner? A teacher? Want answers? Listen in as we address these intriguing issues through commentary and with guests who share their thinking and tell us their stories. Lead. Learn. Change.
1: Actually, eighth grade, I I really had to sit down and think, you know, where do I want to go with my career and with my life? Do I want to you know, take this pathway to this school and play basketball and hopefully play in college, you know, and learn what I wanna learn on the side or do I I really wanna buckle down and focus on my academics? My mom is always telling me how you have to write your own narrative and the things that you're telling yourself are, are really important, you know, if you're not confident or if you're not encouraging yourself, you're probably not gonna do as well as you can. My teachers were very encouraging and I just fell in love with it. And I knew about a high school in my area called Savannah Arts Academy, which was basically, I like to call it a mini SCAD or a bigger version of my middle school, Garrison. And so then I just uh, worked towards getting into Savannah Arts and it just kind of grew from there. That was just amazing. and It just really showed me how much teachers and and these adults in our community really care about their students. I think it's just little things like that. You have no idea how you can affect someone with what you create.
0: Today's guest on Lead, Learn, Change is Julia Rowland. Julia, thanks for taking your valuable time to speak with me today.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me, David. I'm happy to be here.
0: Sure. Are you speaking to us from Atlanta, Georgia today?
1: Yes, sir. I am sitting in my apartment.
0: Are you going to head off to Mellow Mushroom and serve up some great food to some patrons later this weekend?
1: I was actually thinking of going in later tonight after our conversation. They want me to learn some new things on the computer. So, yeah.
0: Oh, What's your favorite food at Mellow Mushroom? If any of our listeners head down that way, what do you recommend?
1: Oh, my gosh. Got to go for the calzones. They're a great size, nice cheese. You can add whatever you want to them. And it's just very filling. You know, I, I love the Calzones.
0: Well, let's get into our podcast today. Julia is the youngest guest on Lead, Learn, Change thus far. And I'm delighted to be enlightened by somebody who is viewing learning, career, and life from a perspective that's different than mine. Even though college doesn't seem very long ago to me, a lot has changed since the early 1980s when I completed my undergrad work. So, among other things, we will talk about school and college today, and Julia, who's an extraordinary artist, is going to bring us some unexpected lessons, I'm sure. My acquaintance with Julia is a result of knowing Julia's mom, a fellow educator, for a number of years, and when Anissa showed me some of her young daughter Julia's artwork, I was quite impressed. I've seen most of what Julia has posted on her Instagram site, and we'll be talking about some of her pieces today. That being said, as Julia is a student at SCAD, we're going to start there. Julia, tell us, what is SCAD? What are you doing there exactly, and what led you there?
1: It's a private college. It's not like a public or state school, but it stands for the Savannah College of Art and Design. And basically, it just is a school that focuses its teaching and its learning around creative careers. So personally, for me, going to SCAD, uh, I think I'm going to major in painting and minor in art direction, but they have so many different subjects that you can major in, from equestrian to sound design, set design, illustration, all kinds of things. So, yeah.
0: What led you to SCAD specifically? Because I am assuming that there are other options available for someone pursuing a career in fine arts.
1: Yeah, I mean, totally. Um I grew up in Savannah. So SCAD is everywhere all around the city. You know, they've taken over some of the historical buildings. And so you're riding along the street and like, hey, look at that building. That's so beautiful. And you see the little plaque next to it and it's a SCAD classroom. And so I just grew up around the environment and just seeing SCAD events all around town or seeing uh, creative students drawing in the park or walking around. And It was just very inspirational to me. So I feel like I kind of grew up with SCAD um, in my viewpoint.
0: You mentioned art direction. Can you tell me a little bit more what that means when you say you might have a focus in that area?
1: Yeah. So um, thinking about art direction as my minor, it's basically being the head of creative projects, whether you're like the curator of a gallery or something like that, you know, you kind of have an overall sense of the principles and elements of design, and you just kind of work with a team to create a project.
0: That sounds like that provides you with additional options that run parallel to your own pursuit of creating your own art, and it sounds like you want to focus primarily on painting, although when people go to your Instagram site and see your other work, some of your charcoal pieces are wonderful, by the way. Thank you virtually every viewer is going to say yeah julia might be a great painter and she's also a great fill in the blank because even your 3d piece that you created is your first one that you made a note that you found to be quite fun was also very aesthetically pleasing and just a cool piece to look at and some of your other three-dimensional stuff so i really want the listeners to go take a look at your instagram site which we'll have a link to in the show notes before scad was there a moment? When you knew that art was your thing, or did your interest slowly develop over time?
1: Well, I think I started to become really focused in high school, but I first started getting interested in it in middle school. I went to a magnet arts middle school. And so uh, growing up through elementary school, we could test out all the different performing and visual arts in our school day. So we would have dance class or chorus or go to theater i go to art and by the time you reach sixth grade, that's the time where you have to actually try out or audition to go to school there for middle school and to like kind of focus on a specific major. So at that time I became really interested in art class and I decided to, you know, make a portfolio and kind of like audition. I don't want to say audition. I'm trying to find the word for it, but basically, you know, I have a chance to draw and show my work to be accepted to be in the school and so I guess it started in middle school and I, I just became really focused there and you know my teachers were very encouraging and I just fell in love with it and I knew about a high school in my area called Savannah Arts Academy which was basically I like to call it a mini SCAD or a bigger version of my middle school garrison and so then I just Uh, worked towards getting into Savannah arts, and it just kind of grew from there.
0: You've dabbled in, or even intensely focused on, a lot of areas so far. Is painting the favorite medium, or is that too broad almost because there are so many different types of painting? So educate us a little bit about what you love most inside painting, let us know what your true favorite medium is today. I know that could change over time.
1: Yeah. So I, I love painting. Personally, if we want to get into specifics, I love acrylic paint just because it dries faster and I can keep working on a piece longer in my opinion. But I also have been dabbling a little bit in oil paint, which is really good for blending and just like slow working art. But there are so many different kinds of paints and Uh, as an artist, you know, going to SCAD, I do love painting. But uh, as we mentioned earlier, I took a a 3D class this past year. And SCAD is really good about sharing different opportunities and different kinds of art that I I didn't even know that I could be interested in, or that I wanted to try out. So I I actually really got interested in 3D art, um, even though it was my first time. So uh, I would say, yeah, painting is my, my favorite thing, but it's not what I want to be limited to, if that makes sense.
0: Sure, absolutely. If you think about focusing on your favorite areas of your personal artistic expression, what do you think's contributed most to your learning in that area? Why is that your favorite?
1: Well, paint is really easily accessible to people, you know, more so than maybe clay or different kinds of materials. So painting and drawing, they, they kind of work hand in hand. Uh, when you're first learning the the basics of making artwork. And yeah, so I think that was just what was available to me. And growing up, my mom put me in multiple art camps or art classes over the summer where I focused on painting. I I remember taking this painting class. Um, It was like we replicated paintings of old masters and we learned an extensive process of oil painting from drawing a grid of your subject and then sketching out your subject with the grid to doing an extensive charcoal drawing to doing a black and white or green scale painting over that. And then finally going back over that green scale or black and white scale painting uh, with the color. So I think painting has just always been interesting to me and it's just been very uh, available to me, so yeah.
0: When you're moving through those phases of learning in each medium or each new project, how do you know that you've learned what you think is the minimum that you truly need to know to create that piece of work? And what is it that nudges you towards learning even more about that same type of medium?
1: Personally, as a painter or as a young painter. Every single time I go to paint a new piece, I learn different things about the paint, like how it reacts with different colors or the canvas or the material that I'm painting on. And I I see examples in real life and I'm like, oh, maybe I want to replicate that in my piece. And I'm like, how, how are they getting this texture? How are they showing what they're showing to the viewer in this way? And also as an artist, I, I've been going back and forth between multiple styles, you know, so just kind of trying new things and just painting new subjects, what really keeps me going and learning how to use the paint to portray what I'm trying to say through my art is very inspiring.
0: I do want to know about your school experiences, including SCAD. Thinking about that as your your college experience, how is that different from high school?
1: In college, I'm definitely more engaged in learning just because what I'm learning is more focused and tailored to what I want to do in general. um, You know, that's what college is about. Whereas in high school, you know, I had to take a bunch of subject classes that I necessarily wasn't interested in, but, you know, I still had to try my best at and do. So I think college is um, a space for you to start to find yourself and to figure out, you know, what do you really like? You've learned um, the basics and everything in high school to get you to this moment. So now you can really branch out and just kind of learn from different people and different experiences and professors who have studied the subjects that they're teaching for years and years. And they're just very passionate about that, know what they're talking about. So I think it's it's definitely more focused in college. So I like that a lot more.
0: Well, it sounds like you... Always want to create or go find an opportunity to pursue what you're really interested in because of your answer about what leads you to pursue more learning, what you just said about focus. And then I know you'd have talked briefly before that in high school, for example, there was no basketball team, but you wanted to play basketball and you ended up playing anyway. So how did that happen? And why did you pursue that sport for a couple of years?
1: Oh my gosh. So I I just grew up loving basketball. I played it in elementary school and uh, my middle school actually had a team and uh, I I love that team. And my middle school basketball coach was actually um, the varsity coach of uh, the girls basketball team at another high school in Savannah. So Actually, eighth grade, I I really had to sit down and think, you know, where do I want to go with my career and with my life? Do I want to, you know, take this pathway to this school and play basketball and hopefully play in college, you know, and learn what I want to learn on the side? Or do I I really want to buckle down and focus on my academics and my art and go to Savannah Arts? So that was a really uh, challenging thing. And I spoke to my parents, you know. And I, I had really fallen in love with creating things and making art. And I, I decided to go to Savannah Arts, but I still loved basketball. And I, I played AAU for a couple of years. And that same coach that was my coach in middle school and who was the varsity coach at another high school was chosen to be a coach for this organization called America's Team. And basically, he and another coach were selected to choose some girls that they knew or from around the area to go play basketball abroad, and so the summer before ninth grade, he actually chose me for this actual high school program. So I was the only person who hadn't been in high school, and I was on the team, and we went to Italy and we played and we toured the country, and it was amazing. I felt like I didn't really miss out on basketball as much because of that experience. So. It definitely made it an easier transition.
0: Wow. You end up excelling at everything that you do. <laughs> I and mean, that's, that's a pretty significant accomplishment to be the only pre-high school player on that traveling team and being able to travel internationally and play. Yes. What about some turning point moments where you decided to do something else or dive deeper into a particular area?
1: Yeah. So growing up, you know, becoming an artist, I feel like it was kind of in the back of my mind, you know, uh, maybe this is not a real career, or I'm not going to be able to sell my art freelance, I'm going to have to have like another job on the side. And so I, I actually struggled a lot with just believing in myself, you know, in high school, in order to do what I really wanted to do with my life. And that is, you know, to create art and learn more about this thing and as I got older in high school you know my mom she's my biggest fan and so is my dad and they would share my art with people and people would start coming to me hey like I have this picture can you please make this for me or I want to give this gift to someone can you draw this can you paint this and I would be like sure you know and and they would actually pay for my work and you know gift it to people and that's that's when I realized you know these other people, they, they see what I'm doing and they, and they believe in me. So why can't I believe in myself? My mom is always telling me how you have to write your own narrative and the things that you're telling yourself are, are really important. You know, if you're not confident or if you're not encouraging yourself, you're probably not going to do as well as you can. And so after a few people really started telling me how good my art was and Buying it from me, I was like, I I, I can do this. I can do this full time. I, I can go to SCAD if I want to. You know, I can learn about this. I guess uh, that moment in high school where I just started getting a lot of commissioned work was a pivotal moment for me.
0: From what you've said, it didn't have to be a giant number of people. It needed to be a few people who clearly appreciated your talent. And wanted yes. to have your work as part of the art in their own home, or they valued it enough to give it to someone else as a gift. So it wasn't really about the number, was it? It was really just about a meaningful connection with a couple of people that was enough to make a difference and move you forward. So that's that's really inspirational because that's how things get done. Exactly, And that's how relationships make a difference in any field or any sector. You're starting your sophomore year and you've had a very interesting year because of events in the world with COVID. Yeah. How has your formal structured learning been impacted by everything that's been going on the past 18 months or so?
1: COVID really started to hit at the end of my senior year, which was really tragic. We weren't able to have, you know, a traditional graduation. One thing that was cool though, my principal, he actually, we set up kind of like a motorcade kind of graduation. So students that lived in certain areas had certain days and times where they would come outside in their attire and he'd drive around and actually come to our homes or our neighborhoods and and flip our tassels. And wow, that was just amazing. And it it just really showed me how much teachers and and these adults in our community really care about their students. So I, I really loved that. And I want to say starting college, you know, it it was kind of sad because I was still at home, you know, I had planned to move into the dorms and everything, but obviously that wasn't going to happen anymore due to the state of COVID and everything. So I was like taking my classes on Zoom and everything. And I I think what really got me going was, yeah, I don't really want to roll out of bed, just a few feet over to my desk and sit at my computer, you know, but I mean, everybody was going through the same thing. And I I just saw how much effort my my teachers were putting into the content and trying to engage us in information. And I just, I wanted to reciprocate that effort, you know. Um, So that's really what kept me going and kept me strong academically this first year. And also, I think the main struggle for me with COVID probably was more on a social stance, you know, I wasn't able to interact with new students and other people the way I wanted to. So I really just honed in and focused on my work. And I looked forward to creating things that I could talk about with my professors. So I think COVID, you know, definitely helped me to develop a relationship with my professors through my work.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. Sounds like you flipped the situation around to your benefit and you haven't slowed down in generating or producing art. Yeah. Why do you think you view life and approach learning the way that you do? Who are your greatest influencers?
1: Well, I have to give a shout out. You know, as you know, my mom. (laughs) Sure. She's always taught me that learning is very valuable and it's more than just memorizing content you know you have to apply it to your life and things like that so definitely her positive outlook on just learning new things and being your best self but also just like a combination of uh, different artists have inspired me you know if if you're if you're an artist and you come into my classroom you tell me your story and how you've gotten where you are I'm I'm definitely going to be inspired I remember, it's crazy, I have this crazy story, Um, in middle school, this artist, Jose Lucio, I think is his name, I don't know how to pronounce it, excuse me if I'm wrong, but he's like a children's illustrator, and he came into our class, and he just, he talked about his work, and he showed us, you know, some of his books, and some of his artwork, and it was very cartoon-like, very childlike, I loved it, and at, at the end of uh, his session with us, he gave us these stickers of his work. And the one that I got, it was a little worm. It was just like this worm sticker. And I, I loved it so much. I put it on my water bottle and, and that became like a staple. You know, people would see me, Julio, the worm on a water bottle. And <laughs> I would just like think of this artist, like he made this and he has no idea how this has impacted me. And for years, I had that worm on my water bottle. And so I, I got to high school and it was crazy because I was like, I, I need a new water bottle. This thing, I mean, it's ratty, it's terrible. And I realized, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have this worm on my water bottle to inspire me, you know? And so I found him on Instagram. I sent him this long message. I mean, I was like, Hey, Mr. Lucio, I remember you coming to my class and just speaking to me and really inspiring me in middle school. And it's crazy. I'm a high school student now, but I, I got a new water bottle. I sent him a picture of my old water bottle <laughs> and he he was so excited. And he, he sent me in the mail a bunch of new worm stickers. So now I have enough to last me a lifetime. And it, it's just, it. I think it's just little things like that. You have no idea how you can affect someone with what you create.
0: Was that your inspiration for the water bottle art that you now do? Because I saw a few of your Posts where it looks like that's a thing. Somebody can ask Julia, Hey, paint my water bottle. Is that where <laughs> that came from?
1: Honestly, no. My friend just reached hmm. out to me and was like, Hey, I have this water bottle. It would be cool. Can you paint this goat on it? And I was like, <laughs> Sure, absolutely, I can. And then another friend of mine saw that and she was like, Hey, I have this other friend. I'm giving her a gift. Can you paint a sunflower on it? And it, it was just awesome. It's great to have uh, friends who support you.
0: That's a great segue into hopes and dreams about your work. I know you and your mom, your art and her handmade jewelry have been on location at the Atlanta Indie Market, I think. Yeah. Would you have envisioned yourself 10 years ago or five at this type of venue? And your work has been featured in a magazine from Iowa, I think. How did that come about? And talk about the public aspect of your work already at your young age and then talk about your hopes and dreams going forward.
1: Oh, man thinking back on what I've already accomplished and how many people have seen or bought my art or have been affected by it is is truly amazing. You've mentioned my work being used for the Taste of the Junction Festival in Iowa. So actually, that was started by members of my family. And it all began when they started to pick honorees each year to talk about and who have lived in the Valley Junction of West Des Moines for years. And they, they came up with this idea of presenting them with artwork of the people that they were honoring. And they, they asked me to start doing that. And of course, I jumped at the idea. I was like, absolutely, you know. And so that's how I kind of got recognized up there for painting these portraits of, of these people in the community. And then they reached out to me asking if I could create kind of like a, a cover for a book or a flyer and I made a collage, you know, mixed with the cuisine, the people and nationalities, their backgrounds. And it it was crazy. And they made these huge like blow up posters to advertise for the event with my art on it. And it was just amazing. And selling artwork with my mom at these vending events, you know, I I, I never thought I could do that. You know, as a kid, I was very shy. I, I didn't really like to talk to people. And I guess, you know, that's why I kind of maybe drew to art because I could, you know, speak through that in other ways. And I I just never imagined that I could be standing outside selling my art to strangers and talking to them about what I'm creating. It's it's crazy.
0: Hopes and dreams then. What do you envision going forward? Because you've had some great experiences now Mm -hmm. that get you excited, even thinking back on them. What gets you excited about what might be going forward?
1: I hope to be able to, to, to just make art and create it. You know, I hopefully want to get into some galleries or some shows and just maybe become, you know, like a famous artist around my community or something. You know, it's not really all about becoming, you know, a world-renowned famous artist, mm-hmm. but I do want to touch those around me. I, I want to possibly get into mural artwork that's something that's always interested me. And yeah, just kind of keep pursuing and learning along the way.
0: Let's get real specific and talk about a couple of your pieces. I've been looking at your Instagram again, as we prepared for our conversation today. And I want to hear what you have to say about Some of your pieces, so I'm going to mention the name or description because all of your arts not named that's posted. It might all be, but I didn't see it on everything, so I'll just describe it. Mm -hmm. And then you just share whatever comes to mind. The Great Rafiki from The Lion King.
1: That was actually uh, my last project for uh, my drawing class this past year, and he was like, "You know, draw whatever you want. I just want to see some value. Use whatever medium." And I was thinking of what to draw, and um, you know, lately I've been really into color and I've been thinking about what's affected me and my family actually went to see the Broadway Lion King show and I had a picture of the character in my camera roll and that's done in colored pencil and I just did a colorful portrait of this character who was just full of wisdom and prosperity and just a very positive character in, in a story that I just love
0: your parents' wedding picture, one of my favorites. (laughs) What was their reaction when you finished that piece?
1: Oh, yeah, that was, I mean, that was amazing. It was for my drawing class in high school, actually, and I was looking for something to draw in AP drawing, and my um, concentration for my AP portfolio was just relationships between people and different types of love and they're just like a main example of love that I see in my everyday life. So I chose that picture because my mom just looks so happy and my dad, he's just loving her, you know, and I, I told them I was doing it and I showed them and, and they, they loved it. And it's hanging up in my house or in my parents' house uh, to this day. And it's just so special that I can just re-gift them with a special memory
0: total switch of gears to the lobster and the hot tub and talking in the microphone it was a a humorous piece which is not the overwhelming majority of your work at all so how did you come up with the lobster just paint that visual picture for people with words so they know what that particular piece looks like
1: okay so it's basically just a lobster on some gravel or something speaking to a microphone, a news microphone. And he's saying, and then I said, hold up. That ain't no hot tub. So I just, (laughs) (laughs) one of my best friends is Lucia. Her, her mom just loves funny things like that. She loves sea creatures. And, uh, you know, this was still like during COVID and we got together outside and we were painting things. And she's like, Hey, can you paint this thing for my mom? And she just cracks up about it. And I was like, Absolutely, you know. And it's like this lobster, maybe telling a story about how maybe he was captured, you know, about to be cooked and everything. And it's just hilarious. And it, that was a fun piece.
0: I could ask you about 15 more. I actually created an album in my photo app on my phone called Julia just for today. So I'm going to have to skip the next <laughs> six or seven that I would love to hear about. So maybe there'll be a sequel someday, but I have to ask about one more because I'm using this on the cover art for this episode, and that is a self portrait piece that you posted. And what I want to know about your self portrait piece is do you draw exactly what you see? or what the image that you're drawing from makes you feel like at the moment, or is there something else you're willing to convey? It's a fantastic self-portrait. It's, it's just spot on. Thank you. I'm very curious about what's in your head and what's the message you're trying to create? Just, hey, this is a realistic depiction of exactly what I look like, or is there anything else involved in that inside the artist's head?
1: In that particular piece, I was drawing from a photo that was taken of me, you know, I was trying to capture the lighting on my skin and the shadows and the crevices on the skull that I was holding. It was an interesting thing. I was really obsessed with like skeletal systems and skulls of different creatures. At the time, I just thought they looked interesting. And uh, that piece just reminded me, you know, that we all have like the same structure, you know, in our bodies as humans. And one day we're all gonna pass on so it's nothing to be worried about. And I'm just smiling, just trying to capture, you know, my essence and just my positivity and my smile in that piece it was really important.
0: Do you have a, a reaction when you finish a self-portrait? What goes through your head? It seems like a really interesting thing to do is to create self-portraits, especially when you do multiple self-portraits and they all look different. Mm-hmm. Are you ever surprised that this is what came out?
1: Yeah, Uh, sometimes I'm looking at this and I'm like, whoa, is this this me? You know, because I'm just staring at one still photo of myself. You know, it's not me in everyday life, you know? So, I mean, of course, they're all going to be different. Actually, it was really interesting this past year in my life drawing class, our our very last project was to create a self-portrait, but we had to place ourselves in the environment of another painting. And so... I put myself in a, a Kadir Nelson piece and it was a painting of Spider-Man. And so I, I put myself in the place of Spider-Man and I was doing this Spider-Man pose and I'm just like, man, I, I look really cool doing that. Like when have I ever posed like that? It's just <laughs> it's just fun to see yourself in different ways and you know, to make yourself look however you want.
0: You mentioned earlier, I think the quote might have been. My teachers were were very encouraging, probably came on the heels of a comment about your mom. Take some time to tell us about a great teacher or more than one that you would like to thank.
1: Wow. There's so many. I really want to say, actually, a lot of my teachers this first year, my professors this first year at SCAD, especially my 3D professor, Margot Ecki, she she was amazing. I mean the 3D class we were in, it was a foundations class. So most of us had no experience doing 3D work. And so I, at the beginning, I, I was really, really struggling to try to grasp the concepts and how to make like a model. And, and I, I really had to talk to her and just get like a lot of extra help on the side, you know, how can I do this? And we we did a lot of problem solving together. And it was like, she was, was my professor, but she was also, you know, like, I felt like we were on a team, you know? And speaking of that class, I, I won first place in a SCAD competition called Beyond the Dot. And I feel like if I had any other professor, I I wouldn't have been able to do that. She was so encouraging with her words. I believe you guys can really do this because at SCAD, I mean, we only have 10 weeks in a semester. So The projects and everything, it goes by really fast, so there are multiple late nights where you're working on a project, trying to finish things, and just hearing her in the back of my head, you guys can do this, you've already come so far, it's just, it's very helpful.
0: I'm going to include some links in the show notes that I've mentioned before, so that listeners can look at your work. And since I believe the primary connection would be your Instagram page, can listeners contact you there as well directly through Instagram. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Feel free to DM me or anything like that.
0: Before we close, I want to make sure that we left nothing unshared that should have been touched upon.
1: Yeah. I was having a conversation about this topic in preparation for this conversation with my mother the other day. And we were talking about how teachers can make learning a more engaging process for students. And from my view as a student, my my favorite classes from high school and from, you know, some from this past year weren't even art classes, but I think a lot has to do with the teacher's approach to the content, you know? I had to take an art history class this year in college, and art history can be very, very boring, you know? It can be, very straightforward, this is what this is, you know, and you can be like, of course, you know, I've heard it all. So going into my art history class this past year in college, I was really not excited, but my teacher, my professor came into it just so excited about teaching us about not only the specific artworks, but the actual culture and everything and experience she's had, things she's seen that has to do with the work. And I I mean, I started looking forward to that that class and it was insane. If, if somebody told me five years ago, you're going to be sitting in an art history class, fully interested in what your teacher has to say, just based on her energy and her passion for the content alone, you, you could have fooled me because I, I would not have believed that. So I think it's really important for teachers to care about what they're teaching. And it, it helps for the student to feel the same way, you know,
0: that's a great closing point, actually. So I want to thank you very much, Julia, for just giving us a glimpse into this world of art and creativity and wish you absolutely the best for all of your future endeavors. Thanks for your time today.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Sure. So have a great day and say hey to your mom for me.
1: Okay, will do.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening today. Find the Lead, Learn, Change podcast on your search engine, iTunes, or other listening app. Leave a rating, write a review, subscribe, and share with others. In the meantime, go lead, go learn, go make a change, go.